0: You might have heard the controversy about the movie Unplanned. The MPAA in Hollywood gave it a rating of R, which was just a, an attempt to get Christians not to go, and so you feel intimidated, so you don't take your teenagers. It is so far away from an R rating, but it's not working. It's actually working in the opposite direction with Unplanned, the movie that you have to see. People have been seeing it all across the country at record pace. This is blowing the doors off any expectation of this story. This is is a true story about Abby Johnson, a woman who had two abortions, became the employee of the year for planned parenthood. A year later, she was out and one of their most powerful enemies. This story changed her life forever. This story will change your life. Go see it. Go to unplannedfilm.com, unplannedfilm.com. By his own admission, my guest today is one of the most unlikely people on the planet to end up with the kind of fame and platform he now has. If you met him 45 years ago, this self-described river rat from Louisiana would have been almost unrecognizable. He was hard drinking. He was hard partying, self-destructive. He was a mess of a man. A radical conversion experience altered the current of his life and sent him down a more virtuous, though not really less adventurous, Path. He started his business of duck calls in a living room. Slowly over the next 30 years, that family business grew into the most successful hunting brand in the world. He's now a New York Times best selling author, host of his own Blaze TV series, and he's still more comfortable, I think, roaming the woods in Louisiana. He was in our studio that everybody always raves about how beautiful, how comfortable it is. And he said, How can you work here? I, I don't, it's like the walls are closing in. I invited him in. To our 19,000 square foot studio where the walls were closing in. You might think you know him from his role in his TV series, but that was mm, him, but still a Hollywood version, if you will. There were commercials. Try this one An Hour and a Half, the heart and soul of the original Duck Commander. of all i just want to thank you for you know trimming the beard and cleaning up and running a comb through your hair for this i wore
1: my finest clothes yeah no i uh, i own you know glenn I, i never got around to purchasing a suit
0: never you've never had a suit on
1: never owned one and someone said well well why and i thought you know, I, I didn't. I didn't buy a watch either. I've never purchased a watch, like a timepiece. You don't have a. We don't have a watch. Or a ring, no. Really? And someone says so. But so, how do you tell time? I'm like, I use phrases like right now. I would say just after dinner. Right. You and I talking. Right. Then there'll be about sundown. Uh huh. Sunset. Right. Then it'll be nighttime. Right. On up in the evening. Then it'd be the dead of night, and <laughs> there'll be just before daylight, sun up, mid-morning. We say dinner in the south. That means dinner time around 12 o'clock, early evening. Then we're back where we started. It it makes life a little easier because it's not— Yeah, five after three. That's right. So that's just a— so I, I never yeah, saw yeah. any need for a suit. I said, what well, if I have a need one? I'll get one. Yeah, right. <laughs> so far, I'm 72. Yeah. You're yeah. pretty good. Haven't needed one yet.
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, I'll just be real honest with you. I um I'm a Yankee. Uh, I grew up in Seattle. I don't know if that's considered real Yankee territory, but I remember the first time I drove through the deep south, uh, I had Maryland plates on my car. Mm hmm and i understood what a yankee was quickly this was back in the 80s um and quite honestly when i think of people from louisiana i think of people like you eating people like me <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: have you ever eaten a yankee
1: uh no no <laughs> uh in the redneck world uh they they come up with some pretty good pretty good schemes But overall, I would say they're no more sinful than the rest of humanity, but, uh, but they are some doozies
0: down in there. Yeah. You know, you, you led, um, knowing I'm going to talk to you, I know we're going to talk about God, Yep. but, and, and, and I think there's only one other person that I've ever interviewed that I, it's like that. And that's uh, Billy Graham or anyone in the Graham family. I know he's going to he's going to talk about God. Um, You are the least likely knowing your history to talk about God.
1: Yeah. Well, if someone had told me. Now, my sister told the guy. I owned a beer joint at the time, leasing a beer joint in South Arkansas. You had blacks in the back. Whites in the front, the rednecks, and I was in the middle with a pistol mm. controlling the beer joint. Mm. So you had the jive going on in the back and in the front. My sister told a preacher, said, we have to go see my brother. And he said, well, where is he? I said, well, he's up. he owns a beer joint up in mm. South Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And the preacher was like, yeah. <laughs> so she, he'll eat she me. said, if you convert him, he'll bring thousands to the Lord. I didn't know that she told him that, mm. but she just told him. And the preacher says, really? Is that what you think? And she said, I know it to be true. If you convert him, he'll bring thousands. So he comes up. I'm about half drunk. I run him off. And his parting words after the first meeting was, I don't think he's ready yet to to hear what I have to say. A year goes by, that's when I ran my woman off and the kids and everybody else, and Miss Kay says, why don't you sit down with that guy that came to see you at the beer joint? He was brave enough to do that. So I sat down with him. He ported me to Jesus. For the first time in my life, I investigated Jesus, the Son of God. I literally investigated him. And the more I investigated him... I didn't even know what the gospel was. Jesus coming down in flesh, dying for my sins, being buried and raised from the dead, staying 40 days to convince him he was alive, then to return where he's there 24-7 interceding for us. The grace of God. So I never dreamed that life, peace of mind on the earth, and immortality was even on the table. It just never occurred to me till I was 28. I said, good night. We're discussing immortality here. I said, that's big. (laughs) (laughs) So for the first time, so when I went in, I literally went all in. I said, I have been running with the devil and I'm 28 years old. I'm looking at my track record and it is pathetic. Mm -hmm. So I thought, how about let's just go wide open for God here. Mm-hmm. So that basically was the motivation for me to turn a hard right and go the opposite direction I'd been going in. But if you'd have told me I would, that would happen to me and I would be out hollering about Jesus for 40, the last 44 years, I would have said, are you crazy? hmm My sister was correct. hmm I have brought thousands to the Lord. she knew I didn't even know she knew that, so I guess she's a little bit of a prophetess herself
0: so let's let's go back because i've um alcoholic recovering alcoholic or not
1: hard to say about things like alcoholic uh the Bible just says drunkard okay
0: drunkard drunkard okay um uh no, alcoholic
1: is a disease. Drunkard is sin. You get my point? Yeah. I just stick yeah. with what is sin. Yeah. The lists are there. Yeah. You read the list. They're not going to change. Right. The sins have never changed. Right. From cover to cover. Same sins. The Savior shows up. Same Savior. It's, it's, it's just like this. Right. Over right. and over and over. The empires come and go. And, right.
0: It's amazing, and, and we'll get into this later, but it's amazing to me. I've always read the Bible and went, how are these people so stupid? Didn't they see 20 pages before this? This is what's happening. Now they're just repeating it, and we're doing it right now. We are those stupid people.
1: Look, in defense of God, the simple things. I'm a C-plus man. I do have a master's degree. I'm no dumbo. I mean, I, I sat through and I listened to the, my professors, by the way, Not one kind word about God my entire college career. Not one kind word about God. Never even mentioned. But in defense of there is no God, God is dead. You and I seated right here, right now. You and I are traveling on planet Earth and planet Earth is going at sixty six thousand seven hundred miles per hour. Beck. I don't even have a sensation of moving (laughs) all the cosmologists and scientists agree. As it's making its trip around the sun at 66,700 miles an hour, it will travel with us on it. We're taking a trip. We're going to travel in one year. If you had a starting point, when you get back around to your starting point, you will have traveled 584 million miles. It's spinning like a top
0: <laughs>
1: at 1,000 miles an hour as it's going 66,000 miles an hour. It's going, you see the sun half the time, and it gets dark half the time. Every 24 hours, it makes a complete revolution. Now, I'm just a C-plus man. It's angled back at 23 and a half degrees. Therefore, you see four seasons on your Mm -hmm. trip, spring, summer, fall, winter, without that angle. Nope. So I'm like, I said, the mind that just did that, Mm -hmm. that just put that together.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Here's Mercury and Venus on our left. Mercury is closer than us to the sun, so much so that it's 850 degrees there today. You're like, that knocks out life there. Well, there's Venus sitting right beside us on our left. It's about 800 and something degrees. No life there. There's us just right. I mean, you better not be any closer. You better not be any further. than. Uh, uh, uh. You say life won't be any life. That 23 and a half degrees got to be that way. Got to have the right size moon there, gravity, you're like. So I'm not a rocket scientist, but there's Mars over there. Uh-oh, a little too far away. Mm-hmm. Mars would be 200 below at night. It's about 7 in the daytime. You say, you could be some kind of thing and might camp out there. and it, <laughs> But there's no life on our left, or on our right, or anywhere else that we found. For that to come out of some kind of boom, beck give me a break that took
0: a mind to put that into play just think about it so i will tell you this um i do not believe that you throw uh words up into the air uh no matter how many millions and millions of billions eternity monkeys don't throw words up in the air and have shakespeare come out so i agree with you on that however i don't know how god creates I'm willing to say. I don't either. Yeah. The Big Bang, the evolution. I don't care. It doesn't mean anything to my soul to know that answer. I'd like to know that answer. Someday I will know that answer. But for us to fight about uh, uh, creation to me is ridiculous. That's right. Because they'll take you to the Big Bang. My father used to say, you can't talk about God Uh, unless you agree on what God means. And God is so defined so many different ways. He said, if you really want to talk about the essence of God, you have to call and be on the same page. You have to say, let's talk first cause. Because that'll take you back past the big boom. What is first cause? What is the thing that pushed? That's right. And no one knows that. No one knows that. In
1: him... Colossians 2 there, in him, all things hold together. Created through him, the cosmos was created, both everything in heaven and on earth, talking about Jesus, God in flesh, visible, it says, and invisible. You're like, now, wait a minute. That was written 2,000 years ago, about 50, Mm -hmm. 60 A.D., How in the world would the Apostle Paul known anything about invisible things being created? Invisible, Mm -hmm. they didn't have microscopes, they didn't have spaceships. they didn't have, you're like, how would he know? It helped me, this is what I think. I don't know this, but I bet I'm right. If you are a being who consists of, and you are in every atom, you're in every atom. Mm-hmm. If you were that kind of being invisible and you are in and you controlled completely the arrangement of atoms and molecules. Beck. if you had that kind of power, we'll say omniscient, omnipotent, mm-hmm. omnipresent. You say omnipresent, you'd have to be in all the atoms and all material. Mm-hmm. In paper, in wood, and plastic, in you. It, you're like, if you were that kind of being, just think about it. Whew, it's done. Seconds, milliseconds. You want coal deposits, oil deposits, diamonds, gold. Whew, done. That's why when you read the, the creation story, you say, how oh, in the world there was evening and there was morning the first day. How oh, in the world could you even claim some kind of being was doing that? You would have to have complete and utter control over the atomic structure of all matter. Mm -hmm. Where when you spoke, you spoke, (sighs) it's there. Right. You say, and that's the one, think about it. How would even God know all the sins of the entire world unless he were in the atoms that make up human beings, Mm -hmm. every part of them? You're like, he knows the sins of the Chinese. You say, how could you know that? That many human beings, you're like, good night, dear. You're in the atomic structure of everything. Mm-hmm. Resurrection, life, mm-hmm. nothing to it, Ch-choo. nothing to it, mm-hmm. nothing to it. To him, nothing to it. Will you read about these great promises, all your sins are forgiven. I'm sending my son down to remove your sin. I'll view you as perfect from now on because your trust is in my son. I guarantee you it's impossible for me to lie, and I'm telling you humans, I can't lie. So I'm going to swear by myself <laughs> that I'm going to deliver you from sin and death. I'm going to give you immortality. You have hope. He said, make that an anchor for your soul. Let that be your anchor. I will do it. I'm looking at it. Beck is there a chance that we could participate in this without God? If there is no God, we have a six-foot hole coming up, and that's the end of it. Mm -hmm. I just can't go through life without a smidgen. Somebody, I'll take my chances without Jesus. I said, dude, you don't have a chance without him. Do you have a better story? They're like, uh mm-hmm. said life and immortality. You got a better story based on mm-hmm. one person who ever lived on earth. You're counting time by him. It's 2019 years since Jesus showed up. But what in the world do you call all the years before Jesus showed up? You call those all the years before Jesus showed up. <laughs> <laughs> You're like one person. Out of all the people that ever walked on planet Earth and where our calendar is based on just one of them. All I can say is he had to do something big back. Mm -hmm. It had to have been big. They're never going to count time by me, are you? Mm -hmm. You said, no, they're not going to count time by us. I'm like, I've never heard of anybody like Jesus Christ but I didn't investigate him until I was 28. Mm-hmm. 28, I said, whoa, here, yeah, wait a minute here. Yeah. Whoa, now, I didn't know immortality was riding on this, you know, pie in the sky. We. Therefore, I'm so convinced of it now, I'm 72, old age is creeping in, but because of what's been done for me, God, through Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, you say, you don't worry about physical death. God, he too shared in their humanity, Jesus, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of, the, of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Man, when he took away physical death, and it's a snap, our bodies fall asleep. Our souls and spirits are alive. We're alive without our body. Mm. It's not a bad position to be. Mm -mm. In the time, here comes Jesus. We believe that God will bring with Jesus, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, those who have fallen asleep in him. You say, he's coming back. What's he coming after? Why return? The bodies. Mm -hmm. We reunited with our bodies, this time a glorified one. We will have a new heavens and a new earth and we will live forever immortality until somebody tops that story back i'm going with it i haven't heard someone top it yet have you
0: um, no, I mean, there's been some great stories, but this one is not just a great story. This one has such wisdom, uh, behind it and such truth when you read it, when you actually read it, not when you just listen to quotes or, but when you actually read it, the, to me, the word of God takes on a different meaning. It's, it's not, it's like, I give you my word. Yeah. It's not the word of God as in, oh, here's a whole bunch of stuff he said. Yeah. It's, his word i give you my word this is true
1: and that right there answers the question that i've talked to many and they'll say but phil if if god would just speak to me if he would just say something to me <laughs> then has. i would know i said what do you want him to do write you a letter i said look he wrote you 66 letters here <laughs> i said these this is this is a book of texts i said the only thing i've seen that remotely resembles anything decent coming out of a cell phone or a computer. I said, are the text. I said, they even use biblical language. I said, there's a lot of text messages in here. Mm. I said, he's given us life and immortality. You say, well boy, this is really gonna be hard. What am I supposed to do now? He says, uh, I made it. That's a text. That's your text for today. I made the whole thing and made you put you on it. So I want you to do two things. This is going to be really difficult for you, and you're going to really struggle with it. Just love me, God says, and love each other. For the life of me, Beck, love God and love your neighbor. I don't see the downside. I don't either. I'm like, come on. I woke up this morning in Dallas, Texas. Hotel. Got up, my man brought me a cup of coffee. You said, Phil, let me ask you something. Have uh have you sinned yet today? Uh no. No? You say any belligerence coming out of you today? Uh no. Uh any fits of rage? Uh no. Any evil thoughts? Uh not yet. You're <laughs> like, uh, so Any cursing coming out of your mouth today, Phil? No. I'm just saying, get up and do good. I'm like, how hard could it be? Yeah, I mean, you got life and immortality, so get up in the morning and just be good. Love me, God says, and love your neighbor. Just go around doing good. Seek glory. Seek honor. Seek immortality. I'll give you eternal life. Just do good. For those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there's going to be wrath and anger. There'll be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. The age-old struggle between good and evil has all been solved when Jesus came down in flesh. Up until that time, It was keep a strict code or die. You're like, finally there's provision for our violations, our sins, blood, mistake-free God in a mistake-free body. It took that kind of blood to take away our sin, and the rest is history. So I feel pretty confident. I feel very confident that the Lord Jesus will do exactly what he said he would do. Get us out alive, and all we have to do is be good. For the life of me, Beck, I've been trying it for years. I'm getting better at it because you say you're 72 now. I'm getting better at doing good than I was when I was 28, Mm -hmm. 30. I started out like this, Mm -hmm. I'm zigzagging. I'm trying to get on my feet, trying to develop my faith. By the time you get seventy-two, you begin to understand texts like the Hebrew writer. Uh, it says, "It says, let's see, solid food is for the mature, mm-hmm. who by constant use, they took these scriptures, have trained themselves to do just one thing: distinguish good from evil, know the difference. Shun evil." embrace good you say you mean to tell me it's that simple it's that simple so here we are i feel very good about it i'm trying to get that message into people's ears some don't understand it the devil snatches away what Mm -hmm. i plant some say oh my goodness that's it that's it but in the time of testing When trouble or persecution comes along because of the word, they quickly fall away. Mm. It's two out of two. Mm -hmm. Third one, it's like the seed falling among the thorns. They get tangled up in the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of wealth, and you say they don't mature. Now, that's three out of three, three down. I'm like, whoa, but those with a good and honest heart. They receive the seed and by persevering produce a crop. Mm -hmm. They go out and they go out and they go out. So uh, one of the chapters in the book I mentioned was that autonomous Christianity, meaning when you get Christianity and following Jesus down to a one one day a week trip to Mm -mm. a church building,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that's two hours, but there's 168 hours in a week. You're like, two of them, you're going to worship God, but the other 166 has your life. So I'm trying to get them to see and view God's mercy, offer themselves Mm -hmm. as living sacrifices. Now, look, it's not Sunday today. You and I are carrying on this conversation in the early part of the week. You say it's two, three o'clock in the evening, whatever time it is. You're like, so what are you and Beck doing? Oh, we're worshiping God here. That's what we're doing. We're showing people who we are. You happen to be on, and others are hearing this. You say, are you aware that that what you're saying about God and is Glenn aware that what he's saying about God is going out, going, why sure we're aware of it. Very aware. And look, we get a cursing. Well, what do you know? The evil one working in people, so they're gonna curse us? Well, sure they're going to. Mm -hmm. Is trouble gonna come your way because of it? Well, of course it is. Look how they look what they did to him. I mean,
0: and each of his followers
1: and each of his followers just brutalized. him. you're yeah. like, well, good. So I'm not stunned when people hate me. Here's a news flash for our listeners here. I love them anyway. I don't hold it against them. I take a cursing. You say, do you get mad? No, I'm like, just think about it. And I go to the next one. Just think about it. That's my line. Just, you don't have to holler. Just think about it. I'm on down the road, so it doesn't bother me at all trying to help
0: them for crying out loud. Uh, not a lot of people can do that right now. We're kind of, you know, uh, uh, when you say the two great commandments, that is the answer to everything we're looking for right now. That's right. Just love God yep. and love your neighbor. Yep. That's it. We don't need any fancy that's right. tea parties, uh, Republicans, Democrats, presidents, You don't nothing. need
1: smoke coming out of the floor when you may have your meetings and try to outdo. It's right. Calm down. Right. I mean, you, you get together kind of like a huddle. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's one day a week. But once you walk out that door of the church building.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's where the action is. <laughs> Correct. Correct. It's out there. I, you know, I have a new understanding for as things become more and more insane in our world. Yep. Uh, I thought of the poster that uh, that Churchill put out in the Second World War. Keep calm and carry on right now. None of us are keeping calm. We're all freaking out. All we have to do is keep calm and then do the things that you know are right. Just pay no attention to that. Just keep calm and carry on. You're
1: quoting some great scriptures. Look. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your body as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Offer your body. That's 24-7. Which is your spiritual worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of the world. You just mentioned the pattern of the world.
0: Beck. It's insane.
1: If someone had told me that we would end up by 2020 with the mischief and the sinful, the murder the their own lie. children they shoot up churches concert you're like what Jesus said the devil is the father of lies just look at the news media and what they keep coming out of their mouth and you're like and the scary part is I think they believe the
0: lie you too and so, it's not just, it's it's not just, just it's the just, news media it's the Jesus said the devil is behind the whole thing. Yeah, it's advertising. Think of the lies of to sell somebody a product. I have to tell you you're not complete without this. That's the biggest lie there is. I know it.
1: That's why I haven't gotten into the cell phone and computer business. I'm on the I'm on the computer, but I never look. There's different gifts. Here's worship. Love must be sincere. Twenty four seven. Hate what is evil, cling to what's good all the time, 24 7. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love all the time. Honor one another above yourselves all the time. Don't be lagging in zeal, keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord all the time. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. My prostate acted up here about two or three weeks ago. You say, did you go down, down on the ground? I asked the Almighty to take it from me. It took about a week or 10 days. I actually went to see a doctor for the first time in 50 years. You say, <laughs> patient in affliction. The last time I've been in the hospital is when a tick bit me and gave me rabbit fever. You say, mm-hmm. you haven't been back to a doctor since. But I went the other day because the old prostate got to acting up. You're like, was it rough? Was it rough? So look, patient in affliction, I weathered it. Faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Have them over for a meal. Bless those who persecute you. That's why I told you, I don't, don't curse them. Bless them. They're all right. Bless and don't curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position, the poor, the downtrodden, the rednecks, whatever. Don't be conceited. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. This is worship. This is how we worship. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. You're like... Be careful to do what is right, no matter who's looking. Do what is right. Be careful to do what's right. Heathen or not, do what's right before them. Let them see that. If it's possible, which is amazing, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I live in a redneck neighborhood. You say you try to live at peace with them. They were stealing my fish, the rednecks, back when I was fishing to survive before the duck call took off. I had a lot of nets in the river, hoop nets. Catfish go in them. Buffalo. Buffalo, you get 30 cents a pound. Catfish, you get 70. I had all these nets out. I had floats on them. You could see them. Everyone around there knew they were my nets. I would notice that I'd hear an outboard well, I trained myself to get it, go down there right quick and looking through the bushes, and I'm looking over there, and every once in a while, some of these guys would pull up on one of those floats, and they'd start coming up with it. They're going to steal my fish. What I did at first, I was young in the faith. Hmm. I took a shotgun hmm. with buckshot, and I tore out there, and I would— threaten them, scare the daylights out of them. What are you doing stealing from me? But they kept stealing. I'd run that bunch off, and three weeks later, there's another bunch. I read this text that where I'm reading now. Uh, Don't take revenge, my friends. Leave room for God's wrath. It's written. It's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. I said, young in the faith, I said, that won't work. (laughs) These rednecks, if I'm good to them, if I give them what they're trying to steal, you're telling me, Lord, they'll quit stealing? I said, that won't work. But it occurred to me Beck. I said, how would I know? I've never tried it. I'm just trying to spook them. Mm -hmm. And these are dangerous people
0: anyway course you're in the south you eat yankees yeah so i said well i'm gonna try that lord
1: i'm gonna test you right here on this Mm -hmm. so the next bunch i catch i tear out there with my motor i have my gun just in case my faith gets a little weak (laughs) but it's not in my hands it's in the bottom of the boat Mm -hmm. I pull out there, these guys look around, and they're dropping my net in the river, acting like they were fishing. I said, guys, looks like uh, you've had trouble catching some fish, and you decided to get mine in my nets. I said, good times have come your way. I'm going to give you the fish. And they're looking at me, and the look on their faces, they looked at each other. I said, I'm going to give you what you... I want you to have a fish fry. How many are coming? They they said, well, uh, let's see, there was my cousin. And I said, you know, you start frying fish, people are come out of the woodwork, kin folks you haven't seen in years. I said, listen, I'm gonna keep your boat right there. I said, calm down now, I'm not gonna hurt you. I said, I'm gonna give you what you would try. Let's see what you've fixed to catch. Well, I pulled the net up, had a lot of fish in it. I put them in my boat. I put the net back out. I said, bring your boat over here. They said, no, so we'll just go on down. I said, come on over here. They they were scared of me, but they were thinking, wait a minute, we're stealing from him. He's Mm given us what we were trying to steal. He's crazy. (laughs) So look, they get their boat over, and I start throwing fish over in their boat. I said, when you think you have enough for the fish fry, you can say, say so. And they told me one time, well, I, you know, I think that would be enough, Mr. Roger. I said, no, let me give you a few more. So I threw them some more. I said, now, you have what you wanted to steal. I'm giving you what you were trying to steal. I said, I do this for a living. This is how I make money. I said, I would appreciate it if you didn't steal from me. I said, now, listen, I live, see up on a hill, that house on that hill? Yeah. I said, the next time you want a fish fry, if you can't catch any fish... Just come see me, and I'll give them to you. All the way up and down the river for years after that, they all quit stealing from me. What I didn't know was, young in the faith, I appealed to their conscience, if they had one, Mm -hmm. and I wanted them to say, good night, the guy will give them to us. I mean, the old guy gave us the fish we was trying to steal. Can you believe that? Well, once that goes around in the redneck circles, they say, we, we shouldn't fool with that old dude. That's a good old dude. God was
0: right all along. I just never had, I was too weak to see it. So I will tell you, I, I find, I read the scriptures and I find answers to everything, everything that you're doing, just like you did with the fish. Yep. I find answers everywhere in it. And it's amazing because every time I try it, works too. It works too. is there a problem uh, with people of faith in America today because they they profess they believe it but then they don't do it they you know the 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 answer is, these are not enemies of yours; they're enemies of mine. Right. I I have the right for vengeance. You don't. That you. I am commanding you to love them. Remember, we're not
1: wrestling against flesh and blood. Right. Humans. That's right. not where the battle is. Correct. But we're wrestling with the. Rulers of this age, the authorities, the the princes evil, of darkness, the, prince of of Darnies, the spiritual wickedness. Yeah. You say our battle is with the evil one. That's why when I wrote that book, it says the theft of America's soul. I'm putting it on the evil one. The humans are just caught up in it. Correct. But if you are,
0: if they're delivered from Satan, they're ready to go. But he's the problem. So where are all the Christians that... Don't want to um, that will say, I, I. you know what? I have plenty. Uh, let me give you my fish. Just don't steal from me. They would say, and I mean this for everybody, but I'm hearing it from Christians. I'm, you know, um, but I know everybody is this way. They would say that is weakness. That will show weakness. They're going to steal from you blind. If you do that, you can't do that. You got to show power and you got to stand
1: up. Yeah, yeah. Let me show you another thing on where they would do the same thing. Be angry but sin not. Okay, so someone sins against you and you're angry. You're good. Anger is a healthy emotion. However, vengeance is not. That's right. Be angry but don't sin. You're like, well, how could I be angry and not sin? Well, if you lash back out verbally, they curse you, you start cursing them, and then you have a, and it escalates. So we both are cursing each other. You're no good, you know, two neighbors, one mowing the grass, one on the other side of the fence, and they're sitting there cursing each other. You're like, you can't lash back physically. You're sinning. You have to keep your mouth shut. You don't pick up something either and begin to beat them half to death with it or pull out your pistol and shoot them. Be angry, but don't sin. Okay, they sinned against you. You don't retaliate verbally. You don't retaliate physically. You just walk away. However, a lot of times when you walk away, you didn't sin, not yet, but you're bitter Mm -hmm. because they cursed you. You're like, they've still got their their talons on you. They're still Mm -hmm. causing you harm. They're still controlling you. Because you're bitter about taking the cursing for no reason. you say, "Well, what's the way out of that mess? What's the strong person to do? Just forgive him. Don't be bitter, don't lash out verbally. Don't lash out physically. Just forgive them and move on. You say, it looks who's the stronger person? The one that can't take a cursing without cursing back, that's weak. You say, pick up something because somebody yep. cursed you and you're going to beat them after death. You say, that's weak. You're bitter for the next 20 years over what someone... You're like, they've controlled your life for 20 years. You're still mad about what they did back mm-hmm. then. You see it all the time. Or just forgive them and move on. You say, forgive them. That's true. There's the strong person. So we just get it out of
0: whack. So I think, I think forgiveness is the... I think that's the first step. I think the deeper step of, of it is profound empathy. I know I've been in situations where I've had to forgive and I could forgive. And then I've been in situations that I've prayed a lot about that I knew I was going to have problems with. Yep. And my whole heart saw, felt their pain and all of a sudden no matter what they said to me i could just feel how much pain they were in yep. and it 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 brings you to tears and you and that is that's even more when you, when you can to say i forgive you and mean it is hard yep to feel the very difficult other for pain.
1: human beings Oof. very difficult for human beings to get that that's why the greatest commands of the bible love god and love your neighbor you say in spite of the mistakes, how many times, Lord, shall we forgive him? Seven? He said, 70 times seven. 70 times seven. They're like, 70 times seven. If Glenn Beck and Phil Robertson added up every violation where they broke God's, one of his laws, mm. if we added them all up, you say, there would be probably thousands that's why Jesus said, you be forgiven to him 70 times 7. Be ready to forgive. Look how many sins I've forgiven of you. So if you look at it like that, you say, whoa, what's this? Leave no debt, remain outstanding. Let no debt remain outstanding. Pay your bills. Except one debt we owe, the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man, watch how this works, has fulfilled the law with all the don't do this, don't do that, don't lie, don't steal, don't curse, don't. You're like, how do you, how do you fulfill that? Love your neighbor. Watch. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. You're like, I don't get up in the morning and say I got to make sure that I don't steal somebody's, you know, money out of their billfold, or I, I, I got to make sure that you know that that I don't have any evil thoughts, and I got to make sure that I, you know, I don't lash out at that. Just love them. Mm-hmm. Just love them. If you love them you're certainly not gonna shoot them. If you love them, you say, you're not gonna be unkind to them. If you love them, you're not gonna mess with their woman. You love them too much. She's your sister, she's a fellow human being. You say, love would take care of every bit of that. But boy, is that a hard lesson. It's to a learn. hard one.
0: Ooh, you, have to mir- you have to believe in miracles.
1: Yeah. Now we live in a culture now it seems like they're mad, and I haven't even spoken yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't even mm-hmm. voiced an opinion yet. Mm-hmm. But they seem angry. They seem mad, and I'm like, I'm listening to them, and they're they're constantly ranting, and 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 and, and, mm-hmm. and you're looking at them, and you're like. So I've come to a conclusion that if you ever get in the state of mind, Romans one twenty eight says, because they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. They're not getting any knowledge of God in the school system. They're yeah. certainly not getting any knowledge of God in the news media for the most part. You're like, they're certainly not getting it out of government Every once in a while, a little lip service, you know. You know, God help us. But you say it's not coming out of Hollywood. You say, well, where would they get a consciousness of God if if none of the school system, if none of them are taught that? You're like, my goodness. Since they don't think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, God gives them over to a depraved mind. <laughs> you're talking to depraved people who are mad. They're mad because they have a problem. It's sin, but they don't know what their problem is. Their problem is that they don't know what their problem is. Mm -hmm. And it's coming out of them, and they're mad at you, and you haven't even done anything yet. Mm -hmm. You're like, get up in the morning mad, go to bed at night. (laughs) Job well done. And if you take half the human race in in America, half the country, and they get there, this is, going, this, is, this, is, this is not good. Mm-hmm. We can't carry on a decent conversation with half the country. And we're the culprits in all this, or so they say. And I'm thinking, look, we love y'all. Calm down. But it just keeps... They say their Internet's full of it. I've never had a cell phone, so at least I don't hear it. They had me read yesterday six tweets... That someone had written, and they took it off Twitter, or whatever it is. <laughs> they had me read them, and I—it was the first time I'd ever read a tweet, really, except like television, Donald Trump, and he mm-hmm, tweets. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you say, have you ever had personally read one out of off Twitter? Not one. And I never. They—they they printed these out on little cards, and they were blaming Blaze TV for putting a little slot on Twitter. And they were calling them Nazis. The Blaze TV. I was a Nazi. You were a Nazi. And what else was it? It's cursing us. And I just thought. I said, I don't know what to say when I read this. I said, mm-hmm. there's one reason I don't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't listen to this. Mm-hmm. I just don't listen to
0: it. Let, let me let me go back. Um, uh, back to my original question about 47 minutes ago, which was uh e- alcoholic and uh and drunkard yep. one is sin one is uh the escape from sin i think the the attempt to escape from yep. sin um uh and that comes from some place that is troubled you know i know i i had to transform. I did it at 30. You did it at 28. I had to transform. I didn't know what I knew. I didn't know what was true. I didn't know God. I didn't. And all of the lies of my past, all the mistakes and everything else just built up and I was either going to explode, you know, kill myself or, you know, die in some drunken fury or find an answer. So I started looking for it, but there was a lot of stuff in me and in reading your, in reading your book and reading who you were before this, you seemed like a pretty angry guy.
1: Pretty angry guy. Why? Mean. Because You got texts like First John five nineteen. We know we are the children of God. I wasn't there yet. And the whole world is under the control of the evil one. That's one text. Another text says The Lord's servant must not quarrel. He must be kind to everyone, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who's taken them captive to do his will. That's a couple of texts right there to show you. You say Ephesians 2, The evil one works in people. Mm -hmm. I've got captured by, being worked in, and being controlled by. That's pretty well a tight grip. When I was 28 and the alcohol was flowing, I didn't know I was under the control of the evil one. I didn't know that. It was only after I was released from that that I looked back. And by the way, this is for your own... uh, Notes, I noticed that most people I convert, they're about twenty-seven to thirty-one or thirty-two, mm-hmm. same age. You you say a couple of years apart. Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard so many people say that I got to looking at it carefully, and I said, and I wondered about that. I said, why are they always around thirty? Said most people are around thirty, around thirty. I just kept coming up with all the conversions I was looking at, but it occurred to me, by the time you get to be thirty, back, you have a track record.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's you, either success or massive failure.
1: <laughs> and, yeah. you, and, and, and look, here's the kicker. And you look back at where you had been and who you were under the control. I didn't know I was out from under the control of the evil one till I came under the control of God Almighty through Jesus Christ by His spirit. I'm sealed with the spirit of God, which was. That that right there was the kicker, because then I could look back and I said, you know what I thought? I said, what was I thinking? I said, what was I, I can't believe I was doing that. Once you released, I look back, once I was released, then I began to think clearly, what was I thinking? Was I that stupid? I mean, alcohol, just getting drunk three or four times a week, I'm like. I didn't even know I was under the control of the evil one until I was delivered from him. Mm-hmm. Then it all became very clear to me, this Jesus will work, this will work. Mm-hmm. So that's when I got a heading <laughs> and I said, I tell you what, Lord, you have delivered me like I didn't think possible. So you fast forward, Oh, forty-four, forty-five 44, 45 years,
0: you say, you get it now for sure. Yeah. The first time I met you, um, I doubt you remember. It was up here at the Speedway, and um, yep. uh, we were there. And I think I was with some of my Navy SEAL friends, and they yep. were doing something. And you guys were there. And I walk backstage, and I'm sitting next to this just wonderful woman, just wonderful woman. No idea who she was. I don't. I just don't watch television. I just don't watch commercial uh, television like that especially back then and uh and she she's just so great and so sweet and about halfway through our conversation I realize that's this Miss K that I know about that I've heard yep. so much about yep why the hell did she stay with you when you she were like the her way your
1: grandmother were. told her there'll come a time when you'll have to fight for your marriage You'll have to fight for it. And she said, you know, Mama, what do you, what do you, what you? I said, you'll have to fight for it. Just get ready for that time. And when it happens, you fight for your marriage. Mm-hmm. You hang in there. She waited me out, Miss Kay. Mm-hmm. When I finally came to Jesus, she said, finally. Now, my boys would say things like, uh, does that mean, Daddy's not with the devil anymore. So, so, that's what it means. He's done with that. said, so, y'all going to have a lot better daddy now. And then we all took off, and we looked up one day. I, I've told people this before, Beck. Yes, I ended up rich and famous, and, and yes, you can do it without a cell phone or a computer. You can pull it off. I don't know how many have pulled it off without any use of a cell phone or computer, but I was able to pull it off. But all the money that came our way can't remove my sin. Yeah. And no matter how famous I even think I am, you say, can it raise you from the dead, Phil? I'm like, not even close. So I I have to be careful to keep everything in perspective here. There is a God in heaven and I'm here to serve him. Thank you for blessing me. I don't care too much about the fame. It's a pretty good hassle. But, Lord, I'll serve you faithfully. Just help me serve you. How? how, how Take did you, me from the evil one. How did you...
0: Um, I think you and I are enough alike to, to, to uh, know that once you've, once you've done it your way and failed... Uh, and you're really, truly humble and desperate enough for the help, you really have to be pretty desperate to say, I surrender. It's desperation, no doubt. Um, And I don't know, I I, I feel horrible saying this, Uh, but I've asked friends this before. I don't know if, I feel bad for people who, in some ways, in some ways, uh, who haven't really needed the atonement, haven't really needed that i'm I'm glad i wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy but boy there is something to be said for when you are so desperate it doesn't matter anymore and you just say i'm done That's 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 that puts you in a position of of uh of truly being his puppet, his his uh, tool that he can use. Now he can use it any way he wants because you, the tool's not fighting him anymore. Yep.
1: It's a personal thing. It has to be a deeply personal thing between you and the almighty God in heaven. In my case, I didn't veer to the left nor right. When I said I am done with the pious life, I meant it. Uh, I remember very well that it was like a giant burden being left off, mm-hmm. lifted off me. When I came forth from the waters of baptism, I thought
0: <sighs> I said, starting over. Tell me, tell me the, tell me what was going through your mind the moment before baptism and the moment after
1: I told the guy, I called him up. I said, I've researched the material. I cannot get around it. Uh. I said, uh, it's time for a change. I said, I want you to come down here and pick me up. And I said, take me to some water. And I said, do not wreck the vehicle before we get there. <laughs> he said, I'll drive carefully. I said, drive slow. And I said, get me down there. And I'm, I'm fixing it. I, I'm starting over right here. I said, I'm, he said it's, a, it's a new deal for me. But I said, I'm starting over here and now. I never wavered off that. I did, it did take me a while yeah. to get on my feet. I hid out for about a year I unlisted a telephone number where my buddies couldn't get in touch with me. I put in the book, the old atheist buddy of mine, mm-hmm. he watched me for 12 years, came back the first year when they finally tracked me down, wanted me to go up the road with them, pull some drunk with them. I said, I'm not going. And they said, why not? I said, the Phil Robertson you're looking for dead. is dead. I said, he's gone. Mm-hmm. I said, this is the new one.
0: And, and he, he actually challenged you and said, you're never going to right. make it. Yeah,
1: they looked at each other, and they were like, so this is the new one? Said, well, you got some kind of religious kick? I said, I think it's more than a religious kick. I said, if you guys could tell me where I came from what am I doing here? Is there a way out of here? Speak on those matters. One of them said, if you really want to know where we came from, we came from fish. (laughs) He was a doctor, medical doctor. And I said, we came from fish. And I said, and now we're frying and eating what we used to be. I said, I don't believe that. So they left. 12 years goes by. The doctor diagnoses the atheist, Big Al, had an aneurysm near his heart. He said, that thing explode, you are dead. So Big Al calls me 12 years after my conversion and said, I want to talk to you. I said, I'm on my way. So it's about 70 miles. I drove to his house, I told Miss Kay, I said, I think old Big Al is fixing to turn. Uh When he told me that the doctor told him about the aneurysm in his heart, I said, are you doubting just a little bit that maybe maybe there is a God? I said, physical death is knocking on your door, Bolin. He said, I am doubting it. I'm doubting my atheism here. So he said, tell me what changed you because you changed. Well, I told him the good news of Jesus. I went down and baptized him. He lasted about six weeks, fell over dead. Mm -hmm. They asked me to do his funeral, which was something I'd never done before. And I told the family, I said, listen, you know, I said, most of these guys that do these funerals kind of spiffed up a little bit. I said, I don't even want a suit. I said, so, I don't know. I said, y'all might ought to get somebody else. They said, he requested you in case he died. I said, I'll do it. So all the townspeople were there. They knew he'd been a drunk and an atheist. So I got up there and said, "Old Big owl here. I said, his body's in the casket, his soul and spirit's with the Lord. I said, uh, I'll see him again. I said, he made it. I said, he cut it thin. <laughs> but he did make it. So I said, here's what I told him that y'all might not know about. Well, I use it as a, good way to preach the gospel to them. There wasn't a dry eye in the house, you know. And out the door I went and I haven't been back to that little town. But Big Al made it by the skin of his teeth.
0: Tell me what happened when, uh, was it Discovery? No. Who was it that took the show? Uh, A&E. When A&E first came to you, was there any, you're a guy that doesn't use a computer. You don't use a phone. Was there any, the fastest way to, my kids would be monsters if I had exposed them to, to television like that.
1: The, when they gave the pitch for the show, I held up my Bible and I said, is this included? And they said, Mr. Robinson, whatever y'all do, we're just gonna film you. I said, Let me guess. Y'all had a beating up there somewhere in New York. And I said, somebody probably said, yeah, I know this is off the wall and way out there, but why don't we why don't we film a functional family mm-hmm. on a reality show? hmm And someone says, Someone else probably said, I was telling an atheist. E I said, Somebody else probably said well, we, we might confirm a functional family, but where would you find one? Mm. So y'all kicked it around, and you ended up down here talking to us, right? They said, that's pretty close. That's about the way it went. So when they gave their pitch, they leave, and my four sons and their wives, they all looked at me, and they said, what do you think about it, Dad? What do you think? I said, well, I said, a bunch of rednecks shooting ducks. <laughs> I don't think it'll work. I don't think people will want to watch that. I said, however, I said, boys, what if this is God wanting us to have more influence? Influence. So what if that's behind it? What if he's behind it? I said, now, if he's behind it, I said, it'll go ballistic. Maybe he's given us the opportunity to get the gospel preached to thousands. back. When we decided to do that, you say, was the gospel preached to thousands? That's
0: exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. I heard so many people
1: still coming to me.
0: Yeah. And that was the that was the takeaway from the show. Yep. When. um, But let me let me ask you, where is it in my notes here? Um, In the book, you talk about how um, this thing was not a real success at the beginning. You said in the first year generated chicken scratch, eighty two hundred dollars in sales. Yep. Didn't leave a whole lot for family five to live on, but I was faithful and committed to the vision. And the following year, yep. you made a whopping $13,000 in sales. Yep. Third year, 22. Fourth year, 37. Yep. But by the early 2000s, Duck Commander had become a thriving business. One supported my family in addition to the families of the few employees. You- and when the TV show came...
1: Millions, millions, right? Millions of dollars changed hands. T-shirts, caps, hat, duck calls. I, I, I remember women it. buying them for their children. You know the yeah. kids. I said, "Where's all these duck calls going?" I said, "There's not even that many duck hunters in America," and they said, "They're they the women, your fans are buying them for their kids." I said, "I said, boy, what what a what's something falling in Crazy. my lap?"
0: Yeah. So oh, it it just went. Crazy! I, I remember stopping in a, a convenience store in the middle of the country. And I think I was living at New, in New York at the time mm-hmm. where there was no duck. There was no Duck Dynasty, any, anything in New yeah. York City. And uh, I don't remember where I was, maybe Denver. And I fly in and we're driving and I stop into a convenience store. I said, let's pull over. I just got to get something to drink. We pull over and it was Duck Dynasty everything. I know it. Everything. that was nationwide yeah it's crazy
1: so we looked up and we all got rich and famous but the bottom line is you say so how
0: did it how did that not rich it, i know it's the love of money it's the love of fame it's the arrogance that come from it but
1: we had, I had grounded those boys and then their wives by the way i raised four boys and they all came to me one at a time to show you on why that didn't tear a family apart and go in all directions. You say, everybody weathered that, and everybody's still on track. People are preaching Jesus. Willie, Jason, Al, my oldest one. You're like, Jeff, over here in Austin. You're like, it all worked out. They all came to me after they left home, and when they married and they started to have their children, one at a time, my sons came by, and they would say, Dad, when we'd have a little feed or something, they'd say, thank you. For raising us the way you did because now that we have children, we get it. Uh-huh. We get it. They said, Thank you for disciplining us to show every, I mean, rebuking us, correcting us, training us. They said, Thank you for that because we really need it now with our own kids. We we, we get it. Yeah. So they each thanked me for that. Well, it made me feel good because what's happened in America, back for the most part, our family structure is fast leaving. Yeah, you, like there's no father, there's no discipline, there's no. Uh, it,
0: there's no father, there's no mother, there's no male, there's no female, there's no adult, there's no child, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's, there's nothing. There is nothing.
1: I mean, I train them to to obey their teachers. I train them to obey old people. If they're old than you are, sit down and shut up and listen to them. I train them to obey law enforcement. I train them to salute the flag, to sing the stars Spangled stripes. B- In other words, I trained them to do that, to be patriotic and all that. Well, if it doesn't come from Dad, where is it going to come from? We lost that. And when we lost that, I say because we didn't think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. Mm. You run God app. America is never going to be great again until america becomes godly again
0: phil i've been saying for a while now um uh i think especially now with infanticide and everything else i think this is like the lord is just kind of throwing down and saying guys it's all up to you you either turn back to me i'll heal your land but you need to turn back to me And you need to stand up and declare it. And you need to ask for my forgiveness because I can't do anything with this anymore. I can't help you anymore. Uh, You know, Abraham Lincoln had a uh, a, he had a proclamation halfway through the Civil War. And I I hate to say this to a Southerner here, but um, (laughs) because I know it can get dicey with Abraham Lincoln. But Abraham Lincoln, we were halfway through the war. We had lost every the union had lost every single battle. Lincoln was begging God, what do I do? What do you what do you want? And, you know, he's talking about all the treasure. If all the treasure needs to be piled up and taken, so be it. And he said, this is about slavery. This is about abolishing slavery. It was halfway through. Yep. And he said, you want me to free the slaves? I'll free the slaves. Fine. I'll free the slaves. It's not about keeping the union together. It's about that from here on out. Yep. He then went to the people and said, we need fast prayer and humiliation. And he asked the whole country to do it. We only lost two battles after that. Yep. Only two battles. Yep. It, it, it is all that is required.
1: If and until there's a mass repentance and a mass turning back, a revival, if you will,
0: to God, I don't see how we can stand But how are you going to do that, Phil, when the churches have become so ineffective and so
1: limp? Romans 12, into practice, understand Mm. that we, the people of God, are the salt and the light of the world, or we're supposed to be. You're like, I'm just one man. You're another one. You say, you just keep up and keep making the charge forward. Come on. Let's go. Whether there's a mass repentance or not, I say they're worth the effort. The -hmm. people of the United States, I'm saying they're worth the effort.
0: That's in my prayer every night. So Lord, I'm for
1: one, am going to be part of the, part of the the spiritual yeah. warfare crowd. I'm trying to get them to turn back to God. I've been doing this for the last two or three days. But you say everybody's basically in agreement on this. I mean, people who are sound thinking. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. The no God thing has not worked well in the last 60 years. It's really hurt us. It's never
0: worked well in the history of mankind. The Supreme
1: Court, when they decided they would become the supreme being, there's a big difference between the supreme court and the supreme being. They stepped over in his shoes, and they began to allow these people to kill their own children and redefine 7,000 years of history of what a marriage is. Back when they did that, That really hurt us. They should not have done that.
0: When I was at Fox, it was 2009. I mean, everything was coming at me. Everything was coming at me. People going through my garbage looking for dirt on me. Yep. Doing everything they could.
1: I remember the time. I remember
0: the time frame.
1: It was bad. I knew you were in a bind, but I just didn't know how big a bind you were.
0: Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. And, uh, and I prayed every night, Lord, please help, 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 help. And uh, it was so clear to me, these are not enemies of yours. They're not enemies of yours. They're enemies of mine. And I will deal with them in my time. Love them. Holy cow. Holy cow. Um, We. We have lost the ability to see the truth anymore. We have lost the ability to truly be. uh, Have our senses offended. You know what I mean? We're so outraged about everything except infanticide.
1: Look how hard it is for us. Instead of trying to find one mistake. Judge Kavanaugh, other, they go back into people's past yeah and they try to find something they can get them on. It doesn't make any difference. They got to bring them down. Right. You say, we've lost the ability just to forgive each other. We, we, we've just lost it. I mean, the, the forgiveness so, so you, is so, like, oh, that's weak. You're like, no, it's not. Look, we're all full of sin. Everybody makes mistakes. I right. mean, what were, you, we're going through people's high school yearbook. Look, at, I mean, look, you look back at my past. It is pathetic. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're like, boy, you, 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 you got me there. I gave them all to God way back. Thankfully, he's a forgiving and a loving God. And you're not a forgiving and loving person. But give me a break. Yeah. It, we've just so these, lost godliness. We've lost it.
0: We've lost as a nation. We've lost faith in an Almighty. Yeah. We have, we have God, hmm. yeah. but we do not have an Almighty.
1: I say we just continue the charge, straight go straight forward, try our best. I'm seventy-two. You say well, you're running out of time faster than I'm running out of time. <laughs> I'm just going to try to keep on keeping on till I get too old to do it. Then, you know, I'll sit there and maybe a few can come by. I'll give them a few words of instruction. I'm not budging on it, you know, whether they repent or not. But I wish they would repent because they are really, really going to scream loudly if a lot of these positions and these programs they're trying to push through, we give these people their way. I'm telling you, misery and ruin yep. is going to go unchecked for a long time. They will scream and holler and beg for mercy, but there won't be any.
0: Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Last bit. Tell me what. Uh, tell me what the death and resurrection means to you.
1: Everything else when it comes to, to sin or or health, your 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 health care. Everything is temporary. Nothing is eternal till you get to that. So when you start talking about something that's eternal it's even a hard concept to wrap your head around you're like eternal I told him that's why I tell people all the time I said I really am not too concerned about buying man's uh, insurance I said because with God it's eternal health care he said I'll heal your diseases too I said, I've just watched through the years. I said, if you have eternal health care, I said, and what's amazing about it, it is free. (laughs) I said, they're talking about programs with temporary results. Right. I mean, the medical profession, all the doctors, all the medical, you say, all they're going to give you at best is a temporary reprieve but you still have that six-foot hole to go into because all the ones treating you end up in the six-foot hole along with all the nurses and you. So you say, is there anything lasting here? Yeah. Jesus and the death of Jesus and his resurrection, you say. Eternal consequences. That's why I said earlier when I started, immortality is riding on this, well, I've never read any story ever since I've been on planet Earth that offered immortality through a person about what he did 2,000 years ago. I've never, I've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is the strangest story mm-hmm. I personally have ever read. I don't think human beings literally could have invented a Jesus. I don't think they could have done it.
0: I think you could have invented a story, but it wouldn't have been this uh because it went against everything in the culture at the time. And it wouldn't it wouldn't read like it does today. There's no book I've ever read that reads like this. Me either. And I mean now there's a lot of really great books. A lot of really great books. I've
1: never had a question that was not answered. Right. And and I'm thinking, how oh, in the world could you Right. You know, if you read what Jesus said, I mean Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, not that thick. And if you read that, you say he never said. Listen, I need to clarify what I said. Uh, right. I need to. I need right. to clarify what I said because I don't want you to get the. Re-. No, I-, I never heard him even come close to saying, "Well, I should have. I could have explained this." No. And it's, and it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You say, how in the world could, could you even record somebody saying what he said? And you can't find any on second thought, maybe I should have said
0: nothing. It's just bump into the in. And even with as much as our culture has changed, everything he said, both sides would still say is valid.
1: And look how low tech... Of a world, I
0: know.
1: You talk about low tech. Yeah. You say, and and that's still what he said. Pertinent. Fast forward two thousand years, you're like, how in the world could anything that far back be that relevant? Right. Down to every part of your life. Where'd we come from? What are we doing here? Is there any way out of here? Well, you just read through it, and you say. Here we sit. I think we're in very good shape myself.
0: I'm going to leave it at that. Name of the book, The Theft of America's Soul, blowing the lid off the lies that are destroying our country. The author, Phil Robertson. Just a reminder, I'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people.